The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're some What it is, what it do, welcome to the One Fall Podcast, Joshua Adam Laybarathon, with the ultimate baby face, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? And he is one of the founders of We Talk Podcast. He does We Talk Music. He does everything. He is the futurist, and I'll always butcher his name, Martin. That, that was pretty good, actually. Not bad. We're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. So lots going. Uh, how's it going? Wrestling and how's I it going, Jets? Sorry, uh, lots going on in the world of wrestling. I have opinion on all of it. So let's get going. Let's get going. Um, all Joel, no fluff. I will let you uh, be the lead host on this, just for you know our listening audience. I have other duties that I have to do today. I have to. We're recording this NBA draft day, so you may hear me drop out of the pod at any time here. I'm trying to, you know, I'm looking forward to Forbidden Door. I want to be part of the conversation if I can. But as of for today, for the most part, if we get to the card or do our traditional uh, me talking about the card and giving you guys the matches, I won't read it like Scalibur does and have to announce every single match within a minute. Uh, but uh, until then, Joel, you can take the host duties and uh, shoot away. All right. What, That's you're, saying is, about. what you're saying is that at any point in time, the show could improve. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, there, there's a lot listening, folks. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. I don't know where to begin, really, because I mean, we're, we're obviously going to be previewing Forbidden Door. I guess we'll start with uh, Dynamite. What'd you guys think of Dynamite? What'd you think of finally hearing that coin drop? I see that it's already got a million views on YouTube, which is pretty good for AEW. Um, that's more than they usually get. They usually go about 400,000 views for most things on, on YouTube, somewhere in that range. So, uh, you know, there's definitely interest, which is good for the sign for the pay-per-view. But I was very clearly told that no one knows or cares about these Japanese wrestlers and this does not move the needle at all in any way, shape, or form. Are you telling me I've been lied to? Did you hear the pop Okada got? It was crazy. It was so crazy. <laughs> ah, I was so happy. I'm like, they they were going nuts. Okada is definitely one of the one of the wrestlers that I think is a draw. And I think I think everyone was convinced Okada was not going to be there, not be at Forbidden Door. It was an anniversary for his uh, with his wife. I think he's got a kid due in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of like, oh, Okada's not going to be there. And we understand why it sucks, but Okada will obviously be part of another show down the line. And for them to get him is... And you could tell he had a blast. Like just looking at how much fun he was having, even on the entrance ramp, this guy was all all in on what was happening. Well, the thing is, you don't know if you're him what kind of pop you are going to get, what kind of reaction you're, you know, you are going to get. 
And then he got this massive reaction and he hasn't been hearing crowds cheer in forever. All he's been hearing is clapping. Yeah. You know? um, all the other guys pretty much have heard crowds cheer one form or another because they've rustled something in America, but he hasn't. So, I mean, it was obvious. Yeah, he was having a great time and, uh, you know, huge reaction for him. Lots of interest. I mean, I know you might have been told that nobody cares about the Japanese people and the New Japan roster. But uh, the truth is that to hardcore wrestling fans, this is a big deal. And this is really, I think, I think this is what this show is, is the uh, hardcore wrestling fans. And uh, this, Josh has left us, it appears. So so now it gets good, folks. Yeah, there we go. Now, now. <laughs> um, I guess rewinding the clock a little bit, because we had Dominion and we had J.B. Okada. And we had Will win the U.S. title. That's obviously helped to set pieces up. And Tanahashi won. What did you think of that Will uh, Jay White and Okada match? Uh, it was a good match, actually. You know, it was funny the the layout of the match. Uh, uh, did you watch it? I did watch it. Yeah, the layout of the match. I was surprised with how much Jay White dominated. Yes, he probably took eighty percent of the offense, and um, you know, it was really it was really a pretty dominant performance as far as, you know, how they put him over. Um, since Okada's there, I do wonder if you needed to make that change. Um, but it might have been, like you say, up in the air. I mean, I think the fact that he's about to, his wife's about to give birth is really the big, the big issue. So, I mean, uh, you know, it might have been up in the air as to whether or not he was going to be there. But obviously he is. So, uh, Jay White is... Uh, I mean, Jay White's got it all right now. He's got it. He's a great act. Yeah. Uh, great act in and out of the ring. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, maybe their thinking is Okada's already a star, whether or not he shows up with the belt. But Jay White's a bigger star if he shows up with the belt. Yeah. And, and that, that might be the, the logic behind it. Uh, and like you look at, I feel like the promo that Jay cut after winning the title. And everything that kind of followed after that for uh, for Jay has been great. He's looked like a star, and I think in the fan in the eyes of the AEW fan base, this performance is helping making him look like a more legit star. For anyone that's kind of a casual New Japan watcher or newer to the product, this is a great introduction to Jay White. And I think this, I and I imagine he retains on Sunday, uh, and that'll just help add to him as well i think he's he may be the best heel in professional wrestling right now he's up there i don't know if he's the best i mean mjf and el Fantasmo are both great heels so uh you know yeah and and christian cage might already be with top heel in the business after dynamite my god he went he went to places i did not expect him to go no no places that i i don't know i prefer they don't go personally but i'm sure everybody was on board with it um but yeah i mean he's 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 definitely one of the top heels in the business yeah and like i i think this will be a good program for hangman and if adam cole is beaten up then the a a four-way is definitely a nice way to protect Adam Cole in the yeah, sense absolutely. that he doesn't have to carry the match, but it's also being put in a spot that I think is going to be, he, he will, he will be able to shine in the match when you need him to shine. 
see, this is the thing about this, uh, this event is like when I was looking at it and I originally thought about it, I was thinking AEW versus New Japan. And it's not really that, right? Like if you look at the card, there's, I think, two matches, which are one-on-one AEW versus New Japan. Uh, then there's, you know, four ways with multiple people from both companies or tag team matches with multiple people from both companies. And, you know, uh, it's, it's really, and politically that makes sense because that's a lot easier to figure out who can take the pinfall if you have, you know, two good guys and two bad guys uh, from each, you know, company on, on each team, like this, this Sting Darby Allen match. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier for you to decide who's going to take the fall. And I think politically that's what it is. But I was hoping for more AEW versus New Japan. I mean, it's just Osprey and, and Orange Cassidy, where I think you pretty much know who's taking the fall. And it's it's Tanahashi versus uh versus Moxley, where I think you pretty much know who's taking the fall. So the two matches don't have the two matches that are head to head don't have a ton of uh I'd say drama in that way, but they should be fantastic matches. Yeah, and that's the one thing. You've seen a lot of people ripping on the build for this card and being like, "This the build has been weak, the ratings have been weak, and there's been a lot of bad news for AEW. It's just like there's a lot of stuff that uh, has been going against them. But I think once we get to that card on Sunday, I think they're going to deliver. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Chicago's going to be a white-hot crowd. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of really good matches. And I mean, the reality is this card has been changed so much because of the injury bug going through all of professional wrestling right now. And it seemed like uh, Japan got hit by it. And now they're kind of coming out of the other side. Most of all their top guys are healthy. Uh, And some of their top guys aren't on this show. And I mean, I kind of understand why they aren't on the show. A guy like Kenta and Naito, you want to keep them healthy. And if you're like, well, we'll have you sit out this card and we know you'll be healthy for the G1, then that's just what we'll do. We'll still load it up. We'll still have key guys there that can get you into the product, but not risk um, any further injuries that could muck up the G1. I am bummed about Brian's injury, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. We've been waiting for, you know, ZSJ versus Brian for years. Uh, that said, I mean, if it is Jonathan Gresham, uh, I've been waiting for that match a long time too. I mean, I think I, if you look back, not last year, but I think the previous two years, I gave uh, Gresham my, you know, technical wrestler of the year award. Like he's, a, you know, he's almost as good. Tell you the truth, he might be better than Brian. It might be him, Zach, and 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 Gresham who are the top two actual technicians in the, in the industry. Yeah. Um, if it's Claudio Castanoli. Uh, he's also underrated. You didn't even really see it, but he's underrated as a Mac technician and uh, would be a fascinating matchup with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I don't know who else it could be other than those two. I don't see a, a third person on there that, that fits the bill as far as a uh, strong, you know, Matt technician that, that as strong as what Daniel or Brian Danielson uh, put out there. Um but Daniel said, yeah, I mean, we'll get to see that match. Like I say, I mean, my immediate thought was ZSJ and Danielson at the Tokyo Dome, right? Yeah. But that was where my mind went immediately. And uh, unless unless uh, Tony Khan won't give away that match 
overseas, you know, unless he wants to be there for that match like he was for Moxley and Tanahashi, where he he pretty much demanded, like that match could have happened many times, but he pretty much demanded, no, we want AEW to be part of the card, to be part of the promotion when Moxley and Tanahashi face each other. And that's, you might have the same attitude with ZSJ and Danielson, but I hope I from I really hope it's a Tokyo Dome match because that would just rule. I think like you like especially with the Tokyo Dome being two nights, you can really integrate AEW into that. And I mean, you could have them be part of that tour heading into the Tokyo Dome. You could be like, okay, that's right around Christmas time. We'll have stuff filmed, we'll have stuff in the can, and then we'll go do this tour. We'll go over there and we'll have a bunch of guys there. And you can even have a straight AEW match on the dome, on the dome show. And have oh, it absolutely. Be, you could have it where whoever's the champion at the time taking on whoever. And I figure by that time you'll have crowd cheering. So that'll be good. Like I just think that uh hopefully they they have a presence at the dome show. And I think based on the success, just they've already drawn a million dollars for the gate for uh the forbidden door. I feel like that's going to be a signal to New Japan. It's like, oh, yes, this is a good relationship to have. I, I like this. And oh, I, think, yeah. I think it's going to keep going. And from everything I've heard, it sounds like Gato and Tony Khan have gotten along really well, just in the terms of putting the card together. And this is the first time they're doing this. So this is, this is a nice experience for both parties. Gato has obviously done this before with ROH, with Impact, with other wrestling promotions so it's it's good that gato is experienced in this and it's just going to help i think it's going to help the next forbidden door because i do think and from the way tony was talking it sounds like they want to do this at least once a year of some sort of big show and i really feel like this show is targeted towards the hardcore fans this is what this is for everyone that's would stay up and watch the dome shows everyone that would be like i have to stay off social media i need to watch uh, Kenny Okada and I don't want it spoiled for me I I mean how many times we've and now with the G1 announced that's become a yearly thing for this podcast where the three of us all make our picks it's gonna be a little different this year just because we have four blocks to go through instead of two but it, I, I'm very excited for this card and I'm very excited for what this relationship can lead to. Cause I think a lot of people and you hear Moxley talk about the match with Tanahashi and it's just how much it means to him. And I think we're going to see other matches like this. And the reality is we're still missing Kenny. Kenny is still not a part of this. And I think Kenny would be great to be a part of this. Cause there's a lot of history there. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever get a Bushi as part of it, but uh yeah, I mean, AEW on the card, even if it was, I mean, this is primarily, it's a little bit more AEW obviously promoting it than New Japan. But even if it, New Japan, anything they partner on with uh, AEW is good for their ticket sales, for their own shows and for their visibility. Yeah. Um, absolutely. This is this is geared towards the hardcore, which should hurt its, its profitability, you would think. But on the other hand, since every hardcore is probably going to get it, you know, whereas there's nobody on the fence really about it. Um, it. It should do well. It should do quite well. Yep. And I mean, the thing is, you this this will probably do better than any Ring of Honor New Japan show. Like in terms of pay-per-view buys, I think this will do better than any of those. So 
it's going to be a step forward for New Japan. And I think it's just going to add to the layers for AEW because Will looks like he belongs in AEW. Jay White looks like he belongs in AEW. And Okada freaking belongs anywhere. Anywhere Okada wants to be, he belongs. Yeah. And Tanahashi is clear how many people uh, respect and admire him and are looking for him to have a match with him. It's obvious, you know, it's, it's, this is, like you say, it's, it's really good for the visibility of New Japan. It's good for Will Ospreay, you know, Jay White. People are going to see how good these people are. And people are going to see how good, they may not see it on this card because of, you know, like I say, it's just so many multi-man matches and everything. So they might not, there might be people out there not overly familiar with, you know, Hiromu or, or Shingo. And, and they will learn in time just how damn good these people are. Oh, yeah. It, and there, there, there's going to be spots in each match that I think you're going to see a New Japan guy look really good. And you're going to see an AEW talent look really good, especially for the New Japan audience. So it's going to be one of those things that they're going to get introduced to this talent. They're going to be like, oh, I really want Miro over for Wrestle Kingdom. I want a one-on-one match between him and uh, Ishii or him and Shingo. I think, uh, and other guys like Malachi Black, who's a little bit more theatrical, I think that for a Japanese audience will be like, oh, that guy's kind of cool. Let's let's follow him along more. I I think both companies do benefit from this. this... There's no question also that uh, every year you see the New Japan world, buys and the subscribers go up during the G1. This should be the biggest rise for a G1 ever. Yeah. Theoretically. This this definitely will be will be at a point where we're going to see more more people interested in everything. Uh I've got I've got someone waving their hand. I think Joshua Arbuthnot is back. So I don't want to rain on your guys' parade, but I'm going to be Mr. Negative for a second here. Probably the worst bill pay-per-view that AEW has ever done to this point. I think most people would agree on that. The rating was bad again last night to their standards. And you can make the excuse to go in against the NHL and whatnot. But the ratings have been bad now for the last two to three weeks. And I think it goes to show that, yeah, like you guys hit, this is just for the hardcore fan. And again, I'm just playing devil's advocate on this because we can't just be all glowing and shiny. We have to say some of the other side that you're hearing from, you know, not the negative anti-WWE piece of shit bots, but from, you know, people like Meltzer and Pollock and whatnot that are, you know, going to the other side of it. But another bad rating from last night, now it's two weeks in a row for subpar ratings for AEW, is I think the people that turn in to watch wrestling at TBS have not really cared about who some of these people are. And how much that's going to translate into the buy rate for the pay-per-view will be interesting. I'm glad Chicago's filled out for the stadium. That's fantastic there's still seats left for the stadium and how well that's going to translate over going forward. Again, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and just trying to hit on both sides of things. Like I said, I, I'm looking at the YouTube numbers and I'm looking at how many more the interactions with, uh, with the new Japan people, how many more they do than the average, um, you know, AEW post. So yeah, but they don't care about those. They care about the ratings the TBS does. Well, TBS right? cares about those, yeah, but I'm saying for the interest in the pay-per-view. Uh, I know, but I'm saying if the TBS ratings I mean, are bad Dynamite last because night of did, this, Dynamite why would you want to do this again? Time. Dynamite was up yeah, last night. it was up. Night. That was second it's on, still not good. Second but... on the night, second on the night, and 831 is still pretty good. 
you know, I mean, NXT would love to do 831. You know, they're getting, they did that this week. Did they do 831 this week? Mm, they barely, they almost did. They were 800 this week. AW um, ratings are up. SmackDown was 3 million and Raw was 2 million. WWE's had great ratings the last two weeks now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Almost 2 million for Raw, almost 3 million for SmackDown. There's no question that their their ratings have uh, jumped up and we can discuss yeah. that too. But again, I'm I, think, I don't I really believe any that, of this. I, I don't think, that. like I say, I don't think this is for, I think this is for the hardcores. Yes. Uh, but I, I do think that a lot of hardcores are going to buy. So, I mean, I'm seeing about 200,000 pay-per-view buys. Uh, just just to note, NXT uh, this week uh, did, where was it, 637. Yeah. Which is great for them. That was the highest rating they've had in a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I don't believe any of this, but, you know, it was very, it was getting very fluffy and very positive. So I had to kind of just go to play devil's advocate for the other side of things. I, I do believe this has been the worst bill pay-per-view they've done. I mean, they didn't even announce on the show yesterday that it was a four-way. There was a lot of confusion there. They Obviously, they can't control the things. Like, I saw it on the show. Yeah, but when it first happened, they didn't oh. go over and say right away. They should have gone right to it. Um, they can't control the Brian's hurt. That's unfortunate. And obviously, I guess they tried to string it along right away. But if I were them, even like maybe if you knew three weeks in advance that was going to be a match that you wanted to do, I would have at least announced it. A lot of these matches all got announced just last night out of nowhere, right? And some of them not having the greatest build to it. I think when the show happens, it's not going to matter. But if we're critical of WWE for doing some of these last second builds and last second match announcements for shows, we got to be equal to AEW for the same thing. It's not, it's not ideal. It's not preferable for either company to yeah. do it this way. I do think, though, that the reason why this has happened with New Japan is, again, the political landmine that it is to book two companies within the same show. It becomes who's yeah. taking the fall. It becomes how many that's, falls. That's a major thing, Martin, because, yeah. I mean, in the in the title match, it's going to be Cole. Cole is taking the pin. They don't want Hangman to Hangman. lose. I could see Hangman yeah. taking it. Uh, Maybe. But I don't see either one of those other two. But yeah, I mean, I mean they kind of, that whole program makes no sense in a way because Jay White comes out and says, I don't want to face either one of you. He makes the great point of why Cole does not deserve a chance because he's lost a Heyman twice. Then Okada comes out and is like, yeah, okay, it's a four-way. It's like, well, you just kind of went through this whole idea of why uh, Cole definitely deserves doesn't deserve an opportunity. And for what reason does Adam Page really deserve an opportunity? At least Okada, he's getting his rematch. So I understand that with Okada. But with the two AW talents, there's no real reason why they're not getting it. And Jay White spent the last two weeks saying, yeah, you're not getting matches. Well, I would argue actually that there is a reason they're getting it and they didn't present those reasons well. And that's why it comes across like they don't deserve it. It's because instead of highlighting why they deserve it, they highlighted why they don't. And yeah, they should have said Cole won the Hearts. He won the Owen Hart tournament. Yeah. He could have said he's just, he's coming off a championship run. Both are top contenders and and deserving of a title shot. You could have said that, and you're right, they didn't. Jay White kept on saying, "I'm not facing you," and and this and that. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not there. Like I say, I think it's the political landmine of of trying to book the companies, trying to book equal amount of falls for each company, an equal amount of winners, and and everything. Just it's really difficult. I'm sure some of those matches, like you know, like the Sting, Darby Allen, Shingo, and Hiromu, you know, against 
Hikalea, El Fantasmo, and the Young Bucks. Like it was just thrown together is last night on the car on, on the Our team. partner is Shingo and Takahashi. What? Yeah. Just yeah. a random set of guys. Yeah, I know. And and that's the thing, right? It's like it, I get the feeling that that match in real life was put together last minute as they're trying to figure yeah. out how to fit these guys in the card. So it's difficult for them to promote it properly. But yeah, it's not a great promotion. But but uh, I'm telling you, Okada being It'll be a great show. Okada being there adds big time, adds to the uh, oh, allure yeah. of the card. That pop was one of the biggest pops I've heard this year. I mean, yeah, as far as like pops this year, I, I would I would guess I would say Cody at Mania, maybe the biggest one I've heard, or Austin at Mania. Austin at Mania was the biggest one I heard, but that was up there. That pop was up there. Yeah, it was huge. Much bigger. Yeah, than and that, I mean, and that goes to show, Joel Mon, that Okada has translated. I mean, look, when the coin dropped, it was equipped to the, the, the glass breaking for me. I jumped out of the couch, losing my mind about that. Well, look, all four of those guys are stars. But to me, yep. when all four of them were in the ring together, my eyes went to him. I, w- I looked at oh, him yeah. and went, that's the Japanese rock, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the Definitely. guy who's got that presence and that look and charisma and just has that aura about him. Mm-hmm. Joel, what's next? Uh, well, I guess since we're here... Uh, and before we get to Forbidden Door, I guess we should talk about one Vincent Kennedy McMahon because we haven't done really. A I podcast. got no comments. I'm I'm done talking about this stuff. I've talked about uh, Sean Watts, and I've talked about this last week. You guys can talk about it. I'm done. All right, all <laughs> right, Morton. What do you what What is your take on everything that's transpired in the last two weeks with Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Week. It's been a week. It's only been a week. Jesus. It's only been a week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really difficult. I mean, because it has been a week, and this, I'm not surprised by any of the allegations. I'm not it, the only one that to me is really like, you know, is the idea that he passes, uh, you know, the the women when he's done for them down to Johnny Ace, like their property, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. to John Laurinaitis. That to me makes me really uncomfortable. Uh, other than that, there was nothing in this story that surprised me. Uh, nothing that I think hasn't been going on for a long time. Uh, certainly Vince McMahon has uh, acknowledged in the past his infidelities. Um, so the fact that they're still going on is, and with people within the company is not a surprise to me because it, it has gone on with, uh, there was a secretary before and other women. And, you know, I mean, a, a, a leopard doesn't change its spots. No. I mean, you, uh, I've had people ask me, what's the deal with this Vince story? What, what's happening? And, and it's been like, this is what's happening. And if you want to know more on the man, you just Google Vince McMahon and controversies and you get a long list of things that have happened over the last several decades. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not, none of this is at all shocking. Uh, what's shocking is how many people think he's actually stepped down as CEO and <laughs> been like yeah stephanie's in charge and everything's gonna change now and that's well we got hunter back to nxt at least that's true yeah that's true he's he showed up he said he's back but you know the thing is 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 that i mean that's why he showed up on tv right it it was partly because i don't know if you guys have heard this before but some people say he has a big eagle 
So yeah. <laughs> there's, there's that possibility. And that, and that was part of it. But a lot of it was to assure the, uh, the stockholders that he's still there so that the stockholders would, uh, so we wouldn't see the, the stock crash in its price. And that's why uh, Stephanie's in charge now too, because they feel like yeah. McMahon would be better. Would be better, exactly. And that's why Stephanie got trashed in her way out. And you know, I mean, it it has affected the stock, but they've managed to minimize it actually pretty well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not their first rodeo. No, it's not their first rodeo. No, and I mean, and it won't be their last. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing is with all this is it's. It's going to come and go. It's going to come and go. I don't expect um, it. If he is proven to have spent the $3 million from company funds for this, it may not come and go. Uh, Vince McMahon will always have a portion of the company as far as, and behind the doors. It's like Donald Trump said, you know, Donald Trump didn't get rid of any of his assets when he became president. And he said, well, I'm just not going to talk about it to my family. That's how we'll avoid it. Does anybody believe he wasn't still making the choices for the company while he was president? Oh, we're talking about it. That's the same thing with this. You know, I mean, Stephanie may be in charge, but even if this comes out and and Vince doesn't get put back in the visual place of power that he had before, behind the scenes, he'll always be pulling the strings. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the Donald Trump thing is like they're they're birds of the same feather. Like this is the, the stuff on... Monday and Friday, it's all, it was all about ratings. It was all about being a carny and it was all about seeing defiantly. I stand against these accusations or the, these stories coming out. Uh, and it's, it's exactly what Trump would do. Like it's birds of the same feather. It's, yeah, absolutely. The same, same shit, different day from two different people, but very similar. So I figure we would, we would hit on this just because that was something that has popped up. Uh, and I guess now we get to the card. Unless there's anything else, Major Morton, you want to talk about? I just want to say Rick Flair. Sasha, Rick Flair. I just want Jeff Hardy. Flair. MJF. <laughs> you want to go? Yeah, there's a, there's a ton to talk about. No question. But I just, Rick Flair is so sad. And I know he's not going to do much. And I know he's not going to take any bumps. And he'll just throw a few chops and a few woos. But to me, the idea that this man at his age with his health issues needs, feels the need to get in the ring is, is, is really sad. And the, 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 the fact I know there'll be people that will, be, will want to see it and will be ordering it. But to me, I just, I'd, rather, I'd rather have the good memories than the last memory. With the fact that he is a pacemaker, and I think he said on the press conference, because the press conference is happening right now, and it's, there are tweets coming out about it here and there. And he said, oh, with a pacemaker, you can just plug it back in. And I'm like, that's not how pacemakers work, Flair. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. He said, you just plug it out and plug it back in. After, oh my you know, God. It's, it's insane. So, yeah. I just, um, yeah. It's not, it's not something I would pay money for. It's, you know. It is what it is. It's happening. You can pay your money for it if you choose. I uh, I will not be watching. No, exactly. I will be watching via fights, but I will watch other by other alternatives. I won't watch at all. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is also at the press conference. 
Jeff Jarrett's at this press conference? Yeah, that's a fuck? That's weird. Considering his new position within WWE, that's really weird. And he Uh, did nothing to Slammiversary. um, That must mean Flair's coming back to me. Like, that's my first thought. Flair's going to be brought back into the WWE fold. And again, there is no scandal that they eventually don't forget. I mean, I mean Hogan literally said that he hates black people. So, you know, I'm not saying Flair's is worse or better. They're both equally shit. But if they can bring Hogan back for that, they can bring Flair back for his bullshit. I mean, they treat, no, they, they treat Ultimate Warrior like a good person. So Exactly. And they literally had their owner of their company come out on Raw and SmackDown to pump up ratings, which he did. Although, like, here, here's the theme on, I talked to Joel about this off air the other day. So here's the craziest thing, and you listen to Observer, so you'll, Dave is going crazy about this. So, well, the Vince thing popped a rating, the bigger pop was the main event of, of Roman and Riddle. Yeah. And that did, that's when they got pretty close and over for a second to 3 million. So you obviously have done something with Riddle at that point that he is a star to your, to your audience. But then they bring him on to Monday, and then he loses to Amos for the money in the bank. I know he's going to have a feud with Seth probably at SummerSlam, but you would think at that point you're like, oh, okay, let's, let's reassess ourselves. Riddle is obviously a star that we can use. Well, that I did not. I watched the SmackDown. For that title match, not for Vince McMahon, yeah, not for any other reason. I watched SmackDown for that title match because I was thinking they were going to pull the trigger. Because to me, it felt like the right time to pull the trigger. And instead, they brought out Brock, and it's like, oh, Brock and Roman for four thousandth time, you know. And uh, who's who cares? Plus, I mm-hmm. mean, it's a guy who only does stadium shows and a guy who only does other stadium shows of premium live events, uh, as they call them. Uh, you know, I mean, whereas Riddle is somebody, it's like, he's hot. He's the crowds behind him. Uh, he's got everything you're thinking of. You were thinking of pushing him earlier, put the title on him and, and run because the rock and Roman Reigns is such a huge match. It doesn't need a title. It does not it doesn't need a title. Whereas, you know, it does you know, maybe Randy and Riddle would need a title. Exactly. I don't think it does, but it's, 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 it's. It's bigger Excel, with it. it. It's bigger with it, yes. It's big anyways, but it's bigger with it. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, I, I just think you had nothing to lose. Like, I did not see the point of that of that outcome. But when he lost in three minutes to almost, I went, okay, he's a geek. And it doesn't matter if he takes on Seth Rollins. So what? He's taking no, on Seth it Rollins. doesn't, because Seth's probably going to win. Yeah, Seth's probably going to win. Not only that, but... Uh, but Seth is, you know, the guy that lost three times in a row to Cody and couldn't beat a guy with a torn pec. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? So, like, yeah, I mean, and maybe they think they're going to rehab Cody. It's uh, they, Seth with money in the bank, but I don't know if that's the case. Like I, like I said to you guys in the group chat, I'm, I'm guessing for SummerSlam, they're going to do Brock and Roman, uh, and Roman, and Seth's going to come down with the money in the bank, and we're going to do this shit all over again. It's like how original but we did it at SummerSlam not WrestleMania this time yeah I can totally see that and by the way almost in a ladder match that 
you you could have had way better bases in that. Like just the you look at WWE is just in this constant state of you have guys that you should use and you don't use or you use too late. And you have people that you do want to use, they're not working, and you're like, wow, well, well, god damn it, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make this happen. Almost will be a thing. This will be a thing. And we're going to be able to push it to the moon and people are going to love it because this is WWE is very much in the mindset of we're going to tell you, you love this and you're going to love it. And they don't, they, they have headphones on when the crowd's responding to people like missing out on putting at least one of your titles on riddle is a mistake because then you can have a world title at these smaller premium live events. And as well, and your house shows, Joel, well, I mean, you're, you're wrong. Like the thing is, and I, I asked Josh this yesterday and I'm, I'm going to ask you this now, Morton, who are the break the glass when multiple injuries happen in five years time? Who's going to be, who are the two people that they'll be able to call on in five years from now? Probably Roman and Roman for sure. Um, Maybe Seth or maybe Orton, probably Orton. You want to know what my answer was? What's that? Brock and Cena. Yeah, it could be that too. You're much more ambitious than I was. Right now, it could be five years. It could be Goldberg, for Christ's sakes. We're going to probably get Goldberg within, I mean, we may have Goldberg at SummerSlam very much. And if not, we're going to get, we have Saudi October, so Got yeah. Goldberg coming for that at least. And by the way, I, I will say we trashing Goldberg a lot. We had Mo Jabari on yesterday and he talked about he walked uh, Goldberg out of that SummerSlam show in Toronto and couldn't have nicer things to say about Goldberg with uh, the young talent in the back and how he treated everybody and the advice that he gave and all that kind of stuff. So oh, no, just wanna, says he's a, a yeah. good guy. Yeah. You know, people yeah. don't, just, oh, except for Riddle. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, except for Riddle. I, I think I think Bill has, you know, being a father and everything like that is I mean, was he I don't know, more than you remember, more like actually two things I wanted to ask you, because Joel and I want to do wanted to ask you. Number one, to Bill when it was the peak of WCW, because I wasn't reading the dirt sheets as much at that point. I was 13, 14, I wasn't reading them as much, but did Bill have a reputation at that point of being an asshole, or is he still considered a nice guy at that point? It was weird. You know, most people said he was a nice guy, but he himself yeah. said he wasn't. So, so take that for what it, it's worth. He himself has said, I, I didn't know anything about the business. I was listening. People would talk to me. They could get in my ear because I didn't know anything about the business. They were, they were feeding me bad advice and I was taking it and it made me a dick. And mm. so, I mean, people would say, yeah, he was really nice. He was always really nice to us, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, like, it's like the thing with him and Jericho, right? And Jericho mm-hmm. was doing a program where he was going to, the, the the end of the program, where he kept on insulting, uh, you know, Goldberg. He had Ralphus and stuff like that as his security mm-hmm. guard. And yeah, I know. Get a little smile on Josh's face because that was awesome. <laughs> Ralphus. Mm-hmm. Eh, they're nice people. Ah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Good Ralph was a brand. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be, a, you're supposed to be a heel. Ah, but they're nice people. Oh. Um. But what was I saying? Yeah, Goldberg, uh, like he refused to put or refused to work the program 
with Jericho because mm-hmm. guys like Nash and Hall got in his ears and said, he's really putting you down. It's not a program. He's really putting you down. Right. Refuse to work with him. Things like that. Like, yeah. That's, and that's then why the other question I had for you is, so we see today in today's landscape, right? Especially with there's like this line for some people, right? It's like, you're either WWE or you're AW. And the AW, like, anti-fans, and yeah, I'll get to you in a second, Joel, are like just so, so negative. What was it like? I know we just had message board, but what was that like for WWE and WCW at that point for kind of the online side? It was it very similar to what it is right now? Very similar. People have always okay. been tribal. I mean, look at it. doesn't matter if it was Coke versus Pepsi, Sega versus Nintendo, WCW versus um, WWF, uh, Android versus Apple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Now AEW versus, uh, you know, versus WWE. People have always been tribal. They've always, they've always gone in their brand. And if somebody, I've never understood that. I've always been like, just like everything if you want and don't like what you don't like and who cares? Pretty much. You know, like what you don't like, who cares? It shouldn't affect somebody else. But people take it personal. People get invested in these brands and they're very tribal. And uh, it's just human nature. So yeah, that was, that was very much the thing back in, the WCW WWE days, right? Joel, I mean, that was one of the things actually when when WCW shut down, WWE mm-hmm. expected this big bump in the ratings, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I remember they that. Get, they didn't yeah. get a bump because the WCW people had been fed for so long. We hate these people that they wouldn't come over to WWE, and the WCW stars they brought in did not get Same much thing. of a reaction because the WWE had been telling you for so long those people suck. I so, remember hating WCW when I was a kid. Yeah. I hated, I, I still watched it, but I was team, I was a kid. So I was team WWE. I was yeah. team WWE all the way. I I know. I, and a lot of people were like that. And yeah, so this is nothing new. Yeah, okay. Joel? Uh, it has just been confirmed by Conrad, the mortgage guy, Conrad Thompson, that New Japan Pro Wrestling will be involved in Ric Flair's last match. Fuck? The mortgage guy. That's that's what he calls. You had to get the little dig in there, didn't you? Well, no, that's what his Twitter handle is. Conrad, the mortgage guy. Jesus, sorry. What did you say? Was I was chuckling over that? Uh, That New Japan Pro Wrestling will be involved in Ric Flair's last match. The show, Ric Flair. So he's going to face Shingo. No, no, I. I... I wonder what that means, though. I really, uh, I hope it means Red Shoes uh, referees it. I yeah, I just saw that and I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." He's gonna face Tenaru. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other who actually thing. had a really good retirement. Tenaru's retirement was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, like uh, probably yeah, other than Flair's original retirement, the second best retirement in wrestling in the last handful of years was Tenaru's. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, one last thing, actually, this just came to my mind. Just want to say Tim White and uh, Dave Elfner. Oh, yeah. Uh, if if WWE has never put a uh, a referee in the Hall of Fame, which is wrong, uh, they're vital part of the company. Vital. Part they of- blanked Mike Kyoto's face, by the way, Mo, on the video game. I know. It's fucking it's bullshit. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to put somebody in the Hall of Fame, Tim White and the Heavners would be your top three candidates. 
Well, so Dave Hebner. These two of them pass away here so recently yeah. is, uh, is, is for people that grew up with these guys, you know, Tim White, Andres Handler, and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's, uh, it's a definitely, it's a sad, it's sad news. And I would love to see these people put into the Hall of Fame, but it, it, it should happen. I really hate to see people put into the Hall of Fame after they pass away. I really, it should have mm -hmm. happened while they're alive. Well, and you mentioned, so Tim White, I mean, Andre's handler, like even Brett would say, if you want to, if you want to, if you want an Andre story, you got to go to Tim White, right? Yeah. He's and I, I can't remember the Bill Simmons Andre doc. It's so long ago. I can't remember how much Tim White was even part of that. Uh, I can't remember at all. I, I think I he was part of it, it. But Dave Hebner was one of the first times as a kid when I really got hook, line, and singer on. I still believed in kayfabe, and you know I'm going to this mod. Just as like, oh my god, it's another referee. It's an evil twin. Yeah. Of Dave Ebner. The million it's, dollar man. He knows no levels of evil. I'm not so sure that isn't the best angle of all time. Oh Honestly my god. It was so the well best. Done. I remember going to the playground and be like, then there was this evil referee and he screwed Hogan out of the title. Yeah, I did the same thing. The next day I was in gym class. I'm arguing yeah. with people going, I can't believe it. Hogan lost and he didn't lose. It was another referee. <laughs> Joel, you, do you know what we're talking about, Joel? Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, it just, I mean, I, I mean, if, and for some people, they thought probably, you know, Earl became the more famous Montreal big part of it, obviously. But Dave was there before was Earl more was. behind the scenes and Earl was yeah. the guy that was the ref. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that was that was kind of like with Tom Pritchard and Bruce, right? Tom yeah. is more of a scout, and Bruce was always more behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's a great point there, Mon. Just uh, R.I.P. to both of them. Just two, and then I mean, even how Tim White went out and that terrible bump in Hell in the Cell, just a really nasty bump that he took, and for him to be do the, the I said it in our group chat, but to do the skits of Tim White wants to die skits that were like one of the first kind of viral things on on dot com and they were so morbid and so stupid but they made me laugh so much because of well, tim white part of it and josh got the joke, too. once he yeah. got the joke it was funny but the very yeah. first time they did it they did it on a pay-per-view and he put a gun yeah. to his head and pulled the trigger That's and right. he pulled away bam and you literally thought the guy just killed himself on tv like, right, you know, or at least the character had killed himself on TV. Yeah, you know, and then it became the whole thing of he's trying to die, and and yeah. then they did it again and again, and it was like, okay, it's a it's a gag, it's a gag that this yeah. guy can't successfully do it. But the very first time, you were like, what the hell did I just see? Like it was <laughs> it was one of the most offensive and shocking things they've ever done. Uh few other notes here uh the christian promo yesterday i brought this up in a group i just don't like cheap heat like that yeah was, i agree everything else in that christian promo was awesome he became one of the best heels in the company last night and i love the way they're going with luchasaurus and I, everything else is great i just don't you just don't need to do shit like that there's no and i'm sure the perrys gave them permission on all oh. that i just i don't need that type of heat it's just unnecessary yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I mean, I, we talked about it very briefly while you were while you're gone, but yeah, I mean, mm. cheap heat—that's a good way to put it. We didn't use that term. That's what it is. It's yeah. very, frankly, it's very WWE. And it I is. want AEW to be. I just think that. of the Eddie line all of a sudden with Randy all over again, and then I feel that sick was my about that exact line. place where I went to. 
As soon as yeah. he said it, I thought of that line. And I thought if yeah. that line offends me in WWE, then this line should offend me in AEW. It's, it's as he was saying, like the stuff about his mom and everything. I'm like, I swear to fucking God, I know where this is going because I've watched pro wrestling for 30 plus years and I don't want it to go there, but I know this sport and I know where it's going. And I'm already sick of where this promo is going about to go about with Luke Perry. Yeah, I know. I know. But other than that, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was other than that. It yeah, was it, was, it was really good. It was tremendous, yeah. And Luchasaurus can be the dino problem solver now. I kind of want him to take the mask off. Now. That's exactly what would happen, too. If This, this yeah. is probably the way to reinvent both Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Probably I wanted to see Luchasaurus as a, as a babyface single star with, with Walk the Dinosaur by Was Not Was as his song. I wanted oh, to see that talent. so bad. But yeah. Yeah, it's, this is probably the direction they're going. It's probably and, gonna be it's probably gonna be good. And Christian has built in a feud with MJF. Oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he had that line. Totally. Yeah. So it's you're already seeing it where they're having almost like subtle little heels taking digs at Max. And I think you're gonna see him back running some sort of gauntlet. Or he's just done with a company. Who fucking knows? By the way, did, did Marco get fired or did Marco get cut? His contract expired. That's how most okay, that's so he, how everyone outside because uh, I've seen conflicting stuff that he got fired from the company. Uh, no. His contract just ran out. Most okay. and then he went and did uh like American Idol or something like that, right? Yes, yeah. the voice. The voice, right. Okay. Uh a few other uh things to get to here. Jeff Hardy. Um, because I just want to put this on wax. I just think, you know just a selfish selfish act i preferably would never would hope that jeff hardy never wrestles again i think he's lost that privilege he's got him behind a wheel that we know of three times when he this time didn't even have a license to drive this time so you know you're jeff hardy you obviously have the money to get an uber or whatever you're just being a selfish fucker at this point even assholes too low for what jeff hardy has done this point I'm totally done with Jeff Hardy. I don't even think he should go to a Hall of Fame or anything at this point. He has a problem. I hope he gets the problem, like I said in our group text. And I hope for his sake that he can fix it for his child and for his wife and that he can figure that side of his life out. But as far as a professional wrestler, I think he's completely lost that privilege at this point now. I think think he put it very well there. Uh, He's a very sick man. Um, He's very, very sick. It's a disease. He has it. But it doesn't mean he's not responsible for his actions. I mean, mm-hmm. you the the article, and I read the ESPN article from uh, Moxley talking yeah. about him and his the the battle he was dealing with, and just how quickly he went to rehab, and how Tony was like, "Well, we have to change things, but you go do your thing." And like, uh, I think if Jeff was struggling and he had said something to Tony, I think. The problem would have been solved. It well, another been. thing about that Moxley was they said, you know, I mean, here was this guy who was a drunk who was uh, often drunk 18 hours a day, they were saying, you know, upwards of that. And who was a happy drunk who never got behind the wheel, though. They yeah. mentioned that in the article. He never once got behind the wheel. He never got because he's not I, a selfish asshole about it. I've already I, had to deal with this my football team at the Raiders with Josh Jacobs and Henry Rugg. So I already have a lot of anger about this. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. And it just, uh, I mean, with Henry Ruggs, he killed someone and their dog. Okay. And that person, you know, their family now doesn't have a, a sister or daughter or whatever. So Jeff is lucky that didn't happen, right? He His life could have been dramatically changed with that in that side of things. Yeah, I understand you have your demons. barely over, by the way. He was three times yes. alcohol level. And he's still able to more or less walk half decently, which goes to show. to it. Yeah, it's his system has gotten used to it. And it's gotten to the point where, like, uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff's career should effectively be done. And I imagine it probably will be. Um, it has to be. I don't, I think mean, I don't know what be. it means for Matt now. Like, I mean, Matt well, was doing single stuff already, but I mean, obviously they wanted to get to the broken hearties and all that. I just, I think at this point, I don't care. I don't want to see, Jeff. He, he probably will be in AEW television again. I think probably so. will be. But I don't want to see him on AW TV, and to to me, uh, it's a it's a channel flipper for me at this point. Now I have I have no time for it. I hope he gets healthy. If he's a hundred percent healthy and he never does anything again, and it's it's maybe in a year's time, he's healthy and, and sober for a year straight. Then I would say maybe maybe then he's okay to come back. Maybe, but it's it's tough. There's a lot of things he would have to do and pass to get to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, no, you're, you're good to come back. It, it they would take a lot. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like it's more of just like go to rehab and cause you, they can't fire him when he goes to rehab. It's, it's within the law that he can't be fired. By the way, WWE asked him to do this like six months ago. And I know, like, he was saying whatever. But to them, it was a rational behavior of him leaving. And I think WWE had every right at that. As he, I listened to him on Jericho's pod. And he's, he was criticizing Vince and Pritchard and Hunter. Like, oh, they were calling me and telling me I needed to go to rehab and acting like there's something wrong with me. I'm like, yeah, because there's a past history of this, Jeff. So I'm not going to get mad at WWE in this side of things. And look, I don't want to get morbid, but that's what happened to Omaga. Right, Umaga thought he was better than rehab, and then unfortunately, what happened to Umaga a month and a half later? Yeah, it's true. It's so, true. like, yeah, taken, maybe you, you didn't. Maybe you should have. Maybe you maybe you passed the drug test, but there was irrationally something going on with you, and you had a past history. So the Fed was taking care of you. Yeah, they were well, making sure that, that everything. Here's was the good. irony. Here's the irony. I yeah. bet you they're paying for the rehab now. Yeah, Just probably because, because they, they have to. The Moxley's. They pretty yeah, they much have a, a policy that they'll pay for anybody in the industry's rehab. So yep. I wouldn't be surprised if they pay for Moxley's and if they're paying for this one at all. Um, they, yeah. I, they pay but, for Jarrett's. Uh, and and it, to say this about WWE, they did try and like three weeks later put him in the Hall of Fame and bring him back. So they're yes. not exactly like... They're not 100% there. But, but like I'll give no, them a 50% you should have taken advantage of it at the time. Definitely. Yeah, well, I think the idea of, from my understanding of that was they were going to put him in the Hall of Fame, but not have him as a talent, potentially. But I agree with Jeff on that decision. Like, Jeff can't go in the Hall of Fame by himself. That's stupid. That They have to go together. This isn't oh, an Edge absolutely. and Christian situation. Nobody wants to see him by himself. No, this is an Edge and Christian situation, right? Like, Edge, Edge had earned the right to be in by himself, and Christian has earned the right. I'm not saying Jeff hasn't, but they're much more together, the Hardys, than what Edge and Christian are. By the way, uh, Dynamite was number one on cable last night. 
There you go. Like, we get to see the NHL game too, so that's good for them. Yeah. Yeah, the NHL um, is strong, really strong dem- demos, man. It's crazy. Well, look, look what happens when you go to a network that cares about you. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Shows what NBC Universal was doing there. Um, and I guess the last point is there of news is uh, Sasha. Is she cut? Is she not cut? We don't know. I mean, the, the it really is a matter of... I, I figure she's probably done with the company. Uh, I, I could be wrong here. Uh, just got LASIK the, like, a, we, uh, like a few days ago. So she definitely plans on wrestling again. Um, oh, yeah. She'll wrestle again. There's not a doubt. I mean, she's this, not is, in season of this is a woman that, that went on her own dime to a dojo in Japan. So she definitely loves wrestling. So I, I imagine she'll probably be wrestling to some capacity. Uh, but I mean, this is... WWE said they can make another Sasha easy. So, well, that's 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 the thing, man. They've been saying that like Hogan leaves, we can make another Hulk Hogan. And credit to them, it took five years, but they made another Hulk Hogan. Stone Cold Rock leave, we can make another one. Credit to them, they made one. So, but I will give it to them in the sense. Did they make it, or did that, or is that the, or is it the talent? Like how much of it is? It's the oh, talent, just... but it's there. The point. The point is, it's there. They have the system, and it's there. So I will give them credit in the sense of they've had the track record of next man up works for them. It's been. I mean, Roman Reigns is a uh, sort of. He's he's a star, but he's not. He's not on the level of Cena. Yeah, this is the he's biggest wall they've had. They've been trying for eight years with this guy. I yeah. think. I don't think that they're gonna. I, I think I really think AEW has a better chance to find that next guy than than WWE. Well, apparently it's this guy that faced you guys may know better than I am, but just the way Meltzer was talking about him today, um, the guy that Osprey faced the GCW this week, uh, sixteen year old kid will not, I believe. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Alvarez and Meltzer were saying this guy is the future of the business. They, I've never heard like they were just talking about him like he was LeBron of wrestling. Well, there you go. I mean, how much do you old. guys know about him? This guy that we'll face ton. this week, not a ton. Yeah. He's that's, sixteen. That's, that's yeah. I, mean, he, he, I don't watch JCW and stuff, right? So I yeah, don't. Just he can't go to AW till he's he can't go to AW till he's eighteen, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's did he agree to a contract with them or something? They were saying. Yeah, he's already signed. Okay. Wow, they've already signed him. It's just he can't start yet. Wow. Who signed yeah. him? I missed that part. What? AEW. AEW has signed him. Holy crap. Hmm. Yeah. 16 so, years old. But hey, yeah, we saw Will Ospreay. Ospreay was great. Yeah, we saw Osprey about that age, and, and WWE mm-hmm. offered him a contract, and he turned it down. But, I mean, you know, same thing. Teddy I, Hart was had a contract about that age, you know. That name reads a laughter. Um I was going to ask, now that Hunter is back in charge, then we'll get to Forbidden Door. Do we think, you know, he did the whole thing with the athletes is he in charge? this week. I know he's back, but is he in charge? Well, let's just say, let's assume if he's in charge or if he's back, do you think that they may try to eye some indie talent again more? Or do you think ultimately Pritchard and all those, and, you know, Nick Khan still have kind of the say of where that kind of talent goes? Oh, I mean, because Bruce is in charge of, of, of talent right now with, with Johnny Ace gone. Yeah, it's it's Bruce. I mean, it's all on Bruce, and we know how he thinks. And and a little Jared, I believe. Maybe. 
And uh, I mean Nick Khan, and Nick Khan seems to be the quiet little engine that's driving that company. And he's no indie, and he's no indie guys. No, he's not so, a ruffling. But guy. there, there's, there's really no, and will not. Is there really that prospect on the indies right now that we haven't seen? No, unless what I'm saying is that I think I mentioned this in the last time we did a show that we're about to see the next generation come up now mm. within the next five years you'll see your next riddles and mm-hmm. uh you know uh ospreys and ricochets and this generation all came up about the same time right you're going to see the next one come up now over the next five years yeah and yeah. there'll be some great I talent would... trust me yeah i think one of the young talents to look for is like speedball mike bailey He's with Impact right now, that's but I guy. think that guy will that's be the guy I was talking about last show where I couldn't remember his name. Speedball mm. Mike Bailey. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. He remember he's how many one. shows he did when we did our Mania preview? Yes, he was all he over. He was like he's all like, over Mania. He's like Penta and Phoenix. Yeah, did he he won the X Division title too at Slammiversary, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, he's Which I didn't wa- I watched the clips. It looked really fun. Yeah, his career was hurt by COVID, where he couldn't travel. And he uh, he illegally crossed the border and worked, and he got banned from the States for a couple of years, I believe. Well, that's kind of what happened to, we had Mo, Mo Jabari, who's wrestlers for Dungeon Wrestling, and had some talks with AEW, because he's really good friends with FTR. Shocker that someone that's Brett's protege is friends with FTR, right? <laughs> um and he just said, like, the hardest thing is, like, to get to AEW and do dark stuff is the visas killing him right now. Yeah, I could see so, that. Yeah, I could see that it's being really hard now. Remember with the Iconics, when they were cut from WWE, they couldn't just go to an Impact or an AEW at that time because they were both Aussies. And then obviously Peyton was married to Sean Spears and Billy Kay's married to another Aussie. And they're all living in the States. And it's like, yeah, you can live here, but you can't work. <laughs> Which was a really shitty... I mean, Renee's lucky, right? For Renee, she talked about this the other day. Renee married to an American, so Renee's fine. I guess Renee would still have to get a visa, though, right? I would think so. Yeah, I would I, think so. Yeah, because she has to probably be married. I think she has to be married to Mox. No, I think it's a green three- card she gets. Yeah, but you can't get that for two years, right? Really? Okay. Or you get it right Well, if you're married, though. I think if you're married, you get it right away. Yeah, I think so. You get a green card. Yeah, that's what yeah. that allows you to work. I, I do believe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not American. Yeah. All right. And tell you truth, ready to do... a lot of Americans don't know. <laughs> this is true. Uh, do you guys want me to read this card like I'm Excalibur or just read it once at a time? Once at a time, please. Coming up next, we got John Moxley versus Hiro Tomasashi. Then we have the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Jay White, hey man, Paige. I don't know how he does it. This one was rough. And then he's like, and next week, we got bloody guts. Like, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Just cramming this it all in. Guy. This poor guy. This was the all-time one this week, though. Anyways, I digress. Um, let us get to it. So, we, uh, we'll start off with the Bullet Club. Quotations. Yum Bucks, Hikaleo, and El Fantasmo against the Cool Dudes. As uh, Sting called them, Darby Allen, Sting, dudes with attitudes. Thank <laughs> you, 
Shingo Takagi and Takahashi, who do you guys have winning this match? I'll say, I say the dudes with attitude and Hikaleo takes the pin. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. And uh, now you have to wonder if Sting is part of LIJ and if he's going to have to be uh, tranquilo. Mm. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. It'll be it'll be very interesting because they're baby faces. They come over and they're wrestling the baby faces. They mentioned the Tranquilo with Andrade this week. They got Roosh now. We'll see him on serve quite soon. Uh, yeah, we'll see the Los Ingrambles de, de Japan or just de whatever. <laughs> they're 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 antiheroes, right? The baby faces, but they're rudos at heart. So they're they're anti-heroes. Um, we'll see what their plan is with uh, the Los Ingrambles, uh in, in AW. I'm not sure. I guess they're gonna be heels. Interesting. And what does that what does that mean for the Los Ingrambles AEW versus Los Ingrambles to do hop on or whatever they say it? Yeah. Do you think we see Naito at any point? Is this a surprise or, or in this pay-per-view at all? Or if he was announced, he'd be announced for a match, right? I think if I think he'd be announced for a match. I, I don't think we'll see a surprise. Roosh we might see, though. No, yeah. I guess we won't see Roosh either. No, no, because he's oh. CML, right? That's right. Or AAA, he's which CML, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, we lost Josh. I don't know if you can hear him, Morton, but I can't hear him anymore. I can't hear anyone. Oh no. It's gone horribly awry. Well, Joel's doing that. I'm just going to keep on going. Uh, sure. I'll skip, I won't do the Zack Sabre one because we'll try to see if we can get Joel back for that one. Uh, let's back. do Thunder. Okay, perfect. Okay. Um, so Zack Sabre Jr. versus Blank. Uh, I say it is Claudio makes the most sense. I think it's Claudio. Or it's um, Gresham. I'll go with Claudio, and I'll say if it's Claudio, he put it this way: if it's Claudio, Claudio wins. If it's Jonathan Gresham, Zack Saber wins. That sounds exactly fair. I'd say yeah, Claudio wins, or or Saber wins if it's Gresham. I do think it's going to be Gresham. I'm curious your guys' opinion. I think Brian Danielson was going to put over ZSJ. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It just seems like what a selfish prick would do. <laughs> yes, yes, that is that is exactly what he would do. Any other thoughts? This could maybe be. I guess Gargano was thrown out there, but Gargano's not really a technical wrestler. He is, but not at that level. No. Don't think of him no. at that level. Uh, is there wrestling. anybody else? Is there any technical other wrestler? It just really seems like those two. You could face Zack Sabre Sr. Bret Hart. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think those, those seem like the, the most. Is there anyone else in ROH that we're not thinking of? Not at that level. No. 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 I mean, there's a few other okay. British guys who are very similar. Doug Williams? Uh, Doug Williams is a brilliant technical wrestler. He's 415 years old. But hey, yeah, he's the Commonwealth connection. Williams. He and Davey, Davey Boy Smith Jr. have those tag titles for NWA. He's coming to Dungeon Wrestling. 
There you go. One of the most underrated talents in the history of TNA. Oh, yeah. He was great in TNA. I agree with that. Man, when he had the promos and they had to deal with Rob Terry, he was the best. I love Doug Williams. Um, Next up, we have Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, the psycho Minoru Suzuki against Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota. Um, I guess this kind of comes down to who you think is going to win Blood and Guts. So I think Jericho and Guevara and Suzuki will win this because I think Eddie and others are winning Blood and Guts. Well, you look at the the structure of the match. I can't see them pinning Guevara. I can't see them pinning Jericho. Maybe Suzuki, but you've got yeah. uh, Shuda and you've got Wheeler on the other side. And I feel like Shuda probably eats the pin. Yeah. Uh, but I think this will be a fun match. I think this there's a lot of... Uh, you've got Wheeler, who's on the rise. Eddie Kingston's just you a wizard. You have a wizard. You have to deal with a wizard. You've got <laughs> you've got a murderous grandpa, and you've got a sex god. So, mm-hmm. it's, I think this is, I think this will be a fun match. But I think that the uh, the wizard wins. Sammy pins Sammy pins Shuda after Ty Conte gets involved. There's my prediction. Not a bad one. Uh, next up, we have winner takes all ROH tag team titles versus for the IWGP titles. You have Dax and Cash of FTR. You have the United Empire of Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb. And you have Rapongi Vice, FTR. It's all leading up to them versus the Bucks for all the titles. Um, yeah, I think FTR wins. I think they pin, uh, pin Rocky. Uh, yeah, FTR, who, by the way, we're halfway through. I've told Joel this. I think FTR are my wrestlers of the year. I might be cheating this year. They, they, they're they'd be so good. They'd be yeah. so damn. They're good. naturally over. Yeah, they're they're wicked. Especially Dax has had an incredible year. Dax um, has had an awesome year. You know, the year. thing about it is, because the G one is coming up, it's going to be several weeks before we actually see the World Tag Team Titles defended in New Japan. And yes, exactly. that means that they can be, they can hold both of them over here in North America yeah. uh, with FDR without being an issue. And that FDR would mean Cobb and F- Ocon are both in the G1. Would that mean that FTR has every single major, has won every single major company title except for Impact and NWA? Yeah. If you want to even put them there, but at the, the three main companies, this that's pretty much it like at this point they would have held the three main companies and i don't think anyone else has done that in the modern era no i can't think of anybody's done that since since uh the dudley boys and the dudley boys held the wcw titles when they were in wwe yeah <laughs> so yeah. that barely counts yeah so we're all in agreement ftr wins yeah oh yeah yeah aw women's championship thunder rosa versus tony storm i have thunder rose uh winning I have found that Rosa winning as well. I wish we had gotten her against somebody from stardom instead, but yeah, yeah, too bad. I think Thunder wins because there are talks that she, uh, there's the promotion in Japan that wants her to defend the AW women's title over there. So I think it makes sense for Thunder to retain. And by the way, since we're in the women's division and I just totally forgot this and I don't want to lose this again, Jade was looking for a baddie. This has to be Sony Kiss now, right? This is his his time. To sh- I don't know his pronouns, so I apologize if I'm getting Sony's pronouns incorrectly. It's a he. Um, I think he goes by he. Oh, okay. I think uh, he's okay though if you say she. Right. 
I Sony just has to be a baddie. Like, this is the biggest layup ever in the history of AEW. Please make Sony a baddie. I agree. That would be awesome. Awesome. I've been working yeah. so hard to be like, went back to school, got everything with his degree and everything like that. Time to shine in the main stage of AEW. Put in his dues. Please put him with, with Jay to make him a baddie. I agree. That would be that's a, that is a slam dunk. Uh, for the United States Championship that Will doesn't hold because Juice won't give it to him, uh, Will Osprey versus Orange Cassidy. I have Will winning. Yeah, I think yeah. everybody has Will winning, and so far I think we've agreed on everything. There's not yeah. much drama in who's taking the pinfalls. I don't think in this pay per view, it's just the no. quality of matches that you want to see. The mm-hmm. matches themselves mm-hmm. should be excellent, but there's this not sh- a lot of you know drama. This should be a good card. Like this should be a good match. Like I'm fully yeah. expecting this to. Oh, we've seen what Orange can do with Pac. I think we're going to see a similar match. And Will is Will Ospreay. So. Uh, next up, we have the All-Atlantic. Atlantic. Last time I checked Japan and China on the Atlantic. But anyways, um, we have Pac, God's favorite champion, Miro, Malachi Black, and Tomohiro Ishii. Do you guys say Ishii or Ishii? The announcers say Ishii. Yeah. The, ring the announcers say Ishii. Ishii. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know. The ring announcer said in New Japan says Ishii, but when they, but when it's uh, Kevin Kelly and stuff like that, they say Ishii. I don't know. I know. I'm so confused now. Everyone does it differently. Uh, I think I have Miro winning this, and I think he pins Pac. Well, I think. I would put it on Ishii. Yeah, I was going there as well. Sure. Like, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to put it on him. I'm not sure they will, but I would yeah. have him, yeah, I would have him get the win because you don't really need this title in AEW, and that way he can have a title walking around with him when he's at the G1. And, and it's an AEW. Who do, have, who do you guys have him pinning? I, like I say, I don't. I don't think he's going to win. I just said I would put them on. <laughs> okay, well, who do you think is going to win then? I think Miro will. I think Miro okay. will. Yeah. And do you have him pinning Pac also? No, just he only has to pin one, right? So. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm Ishii. Uh, and Joel, are you picking fall, Ishii? Or are you... Are you... Finish, Pardon? It's one fall to a finish, isn't it? Yeah. One fall to a finish, yeah. That's why I picked Pac to take the losing pin. Uh, we have so the what, heavyweight what champion. We didn't get it. Oh, for what? I have Ishii yeah. and I have him. I, I have him pinning Pac. Okay. Um, the IWGP heavyweight championship. Fatal four-way. Jay White, Heyman Page, Okada, and Cole. We kind of talked about this. Jay White pins Cole. Yeah, that's what I got. I do think there's a chance Hangman pins Cole. Otherwise, I think Hangman takes the fall. And, and and gets pinned by White. I guess it depends who you think is going to win the G1, too. There is that. There's there's It would give more drama for the G1 to not have the G1 mm-hmm. champion in there. Plus, back when uh, he, he took place in the G1 before Hangman, that was you know, a, big, a big deal for him at the time for his development. He, I mean, he joined the Bullet Club because when he was in ROH because... New Japan wanted him in the Bullet Club because they're super high on him. 
They were super high. They were the first people to see him as a, a main event guy was New Japan. Um, yep. so, so it is possible because of that. Um, so yeah, I could see him being pinning Cole or I could see Jay White pinning Hangman. Because I could see a scenario where Heyman wins the, the New Japan Championship and at all out, he faces Kenny for it. Oh yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. And Kenny wins it, and then you have Kenny versus... Uh, and then Okada wins the G1. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Fantasy yeah. book it. Boom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Joel, you're, but we're all going with Jay White, though, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going with Jay. Yeah, okay. Uh, and the interim AW championship, John Moxley versus Tanahashi. I'm picking Tanahashi. Oh, I think Mox is a lock. I think Mox is a log, especially with the article that came out talking about uh, him overcoming his alcoholism. I think that that was put out just at the time. He has well, I that. Guess, you know what? You convinced me because now with that alcoholism, that signs up perfectly for heel punk. It really does. It really yeah. does. Plus, I just, yeah, heel punk. Yeah, the straight edge guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I just... I have this I former like drunk never, holding my title. I never lost it. I'm going to retain it and make both belts come to back. To back, and you would have been so much better if you were straight edge. Yeah. Well, and he probably would have been because I think he's, these last five months is the best I've ever seen him wrestle. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know we were giving him Matt, like wrestler of the year a couple of years ago, or a lot of people were when he was the champion and he had a great you know run as champion. But as far as in ring matches, I mean, his matches, he's had a couple great. He had a banger with uh, with Danielson. He had a great match with Garcia. Had a great match with Yuta. Uh, he had a great match with Osprey, though. Who couldn't? Anarchy in the uh, arena. Yeah, Anarchy in the arena is awesome too. Like he's been—I've never seen him wrestle this good ever. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. It's the best thing that ever happened to both his personal life and his career. Well, when he wore the gas mask, that was pretty good. Oh, oh. yeah, that was that was main event stuff. <laughs> main event stuff so uh before we go because that's the last match right josh yes the last match so i think at the end of the day we have to thank dixie carter and tna for this for this card and the reason being is if it wasn't for the incompetence in tna and the treatment of (laughs) okada then the Bucks never would have been friends with him. They would have never then gone to Japan on the on the suggestion from Okada and then gone to make Bullet Club and then everything else happens. So really and truly, this, this card is really th- has to thank TNA and Dixie Carter and the management at that time. Because they were, they wanted okada to blade at some point for a nothing angle and the bucks stood up for him and okada's never forgotten that and the bucks wrote about it in their books and that friendship is what helped spawn multiple things that have happened in professional wrestling so i just thought about that last night i was like oh butterfly effect it's it just that one little thing that happened has spawned uh and i don't know if aew would have happened if the bucks hadn't gone over to japan Probably not. Maybe not. Maybe so, not. Yeah. One little thing, and it's given us all of this. There yes. you go. So, 
for the first time in my life, thank you, Dixie Carter. <laughs> yeah. Everything else, go to hell. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Thanks for ruining now, TNA. There was a money mark, gentlemen. That was the definition of a money mark. Oh. So I just watched Sons of Anarchy. Let's make an angle out of it. Oh, yeah. Although if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have gotten D-Lo doing a lowdown this week. So that was worth it. We wouldn't have got Jenna Morosco wrestling. Oh, minus five stars. Wouldn't have got that. (laughs) Wouldn't have gotten that. Oh, that's tremendous. One day when we have free time in honor of Slammiversary, and there are some good impact memories, don't get me wrong, but we really have to do the worst of TNA. I love it. Our blind, really the blind street. the blindfold match. Blindfold match. Electrified. Reverse battle match. royal. Oh, reverse battle royal. And oh, Joe so tattoo. Oh. Yeah, that's like modest to some of the matches, but that was bad. Joe got taken away in the van and then got the yeah, tattoo. Joe that was bad. <laughs> oh. Judas Messiah. Judas Messiah. Oh, yeah. Well, how about the red one? And then Black Rain with Misty the Rat. Or Abyss Abyss being thrown off a stage while he was in a casket or something like that. When he didn't have to, it wasn't supposed to open. Yeah. But he he demanded to be inside and they let him. So he got hurt. I'm like, yeah. Oh, Oh, man. There's some really bad stuff. Pac Man Jones? Oh, Pac Man Jones. Oh, that was such tasteless stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It led to Austin Creed getting his first shot, though. What about Johnny Fairplay? <laughs> right. Anything, well, obviously, because Dixie was obsessed with Survivor. Yep. So oh, she had all that. But, but, Joel, you talked about dropping the ball with Okada. They dropped the ball. They had CM Punk there drop the ball. Had a nice view with Raven there as well, to a degree, but dropped the ball. MVP went through impact. didn't see anything with him. Let MVP walk away. There's a numerous amount of people in the early days of impact wrestling. They just that walk to WWE or let walk somewhere else, Serena of honor or Japan. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm sure Mickey James was there beforehand and they didn't do anything with her the first time around. Second time Mickey had to go. Oh, speaking of Mickey James, when James Storm threw her in front of a train and killed her. Oh yeah. <laughs> There we go. How can I forget? Oh, what about Crazy Steve and all those characters? (laughs) What about Brooke Hogan? Oh, Brooke. He went Bubba Ray. Oh, yeah. They're not even talking about the best. When Hogan was there, they did the the, uh, Asylum match, and Homicide was supposed to win. (laughs) Or, Or when Hogan was there, and he gave Abyss the power of the Hall of Fame ring, brother. That's right. I remember. Oh, or, Sting and, and, and Bischoff and the Crow. The, the Joker. The Joker Sting. The best, the best storyline or the best thing that happened was when they sent the email to the Spike executive saying Vince uh, and bragging about Vince Russo being involved, even though Spike Mm -hmm. was like, you can't have him involved. And that single-handedly killed the TV deal for TNA because someone said, they meant to send it to Mike Tanay and they sent it to 
Mike yeah. Sempervivi or something like that. <laughs> or Mike My Johnson. God. What was it? Mike Johnson from BWA Insider. And then that oh got published, and then it was... Yeah. Well, you mentioned the electrifying cage match, right? Oh, I I mentioned it. Yeah, where where they <laughs> the, the Dudleys where they had to pretend they're being electrocuted. <laughs> and there's oh weird God. sound effects. <laughs> oh, so bad. Oh, Generation Me, they just let walk by the way. Uh, so back to the uh, kind of the original thing that Joel was talking about. Oh, I can't having them exactly just what away. it was, but there was some sort of match. Like a casket match type thing with it was Sting and, and Abyss. Abyss, yes. Oh, and it, and the, the casket was supposed to lower in the right way and it didn't. Yeah. And Sting had like bad That was the first time I ever heard Fire Russo chants. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were missed to not mention Victory Road with Jeff Hardy and Sting. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Or one of my favorites was. Um, this is the Bischoff Hogan era, and it was Hall and Nash versus the Hall, X Pac, and Nash versus the Nasty Boys. I remember. And Scott was so out of shape. And Scott oh. goes to pin and flexes, and his fucking gut just pops out. <laughs> I remember that. I also remember him showing oh up, God. and there was X Pac with his black. With his gray hair, and there was a, mm-hmm. or and he's like, I didn't realize we had stopped dyeing our hair. Yeah. <laughs> Steiner math. Steiner math. Half breed. AJ in a turkey costume. Oh yes. And oh, that feast or fired thing was terrible. Oh, Daphne having to do the lingerie, the lingerie thing when she didn't oh, want to. Yeah. The, Daphne yeah. having to go through the barbed wire when she didn't want to. There, there's a lot. Uh, like even, what were you saying? Like even dropping, like even dropping, sending AJ to Japan. Like little things like that. That oh, dark AJ. Gen- oh, oh, dark who was the chick? The blackmail chick. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> Claire. yeah. Claire tanked AJ's vow. That's right. Her name. That was her name, wasn't it? She and she was just like Claire. some actress. Who was yeah. working at Orlando Studios or whatever, mm-hmm. like working like Disney World or, so, or yep. Universal Studios or something? Yeah. Yep. Oh yep. yeah. Foley versus Flair. Oh, the before that they had the meeting. Remember the meeting on TV? It's like if you don't want to be here, get out of here. Type of bullshit they had. Remember that? Yes, I remember. How about the? Uh, I remember a match with Tommy Dreamer. I don't remember who he faced. But I remember Tommy, Tommy Dreamer's kids, who were his daughter, who was like five years this old. This was against before. Raven at Hardcore Justice. He was Raven. Okay. I thought it might have been yeah. Raven. Yeah. And yeah. That Hardcore Justice right pay-per-view Right in front of his sucked. daughter and everything, and she's crying. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so. Yeah, because they like, there's Francine and his kid. I'm like, why? Because that was, that was like Hardcore Justice. I guess we're doing this really quickly. So give if you don't want to listen, you can go. We'll do this for like five more minutes. Um that was like Hardcore Justice, like 2012, I believe. And that was like after One Night Stand had been gone for about three years after One Night Stand. And like, we're doing another ECW pay-per-view. And it was so bad. That's right. They had all ECW guys. So, yeah. My, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just awful. And the and nobody bought it. And nobody bought nobody it. Nobody bought it. Or how about the fact that they yeah. put together Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle in an MMA-style feud? 
and it did the most buys they ever did in history, and then they never did it again. <laughs> that, and that's what I was going to say is, I will give some bright spots, but I'll go back to the negatives in a second. But Kurt and Joe, by far the best feud they ever had. The three-way, oh, yeah. the unbreakable three-way with Daniels, Joe, and AJ. To this day, still one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. It was the match oh, yeah. that made me take it. I mean, for most, it was the match that made most people like, what is this promotion? What I'll never forget. It was about that time that they uh, interviewed him. Uh, it was on Between the Ropes. He was interviewed, they interviewed AJ. And at the end, they said, yeah. so tell everybody why they should watch uh, TNA. And he goes, well, we have six sides to our ring now. And that was it. <laughs> that was a Brian Fritch, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember. Because that's like one of the first like original wrestling podcasts we had out there. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, it was Brian Fritz. Well, we have our ring has six sides now. That was the one good thing that Hope can do. Oh, Dixie oh, no. on Hogan's leg. Hogan's oh, leaving. Oh my god! Don't oh, leave! Oh. Don't leave! Well, as soon as they brought Dixie in as a character and her acting, and they mm. put her through a table with uh with Bully Ray, the Dudleys, yeah, yeah. Uh, her acting was just the worst. But the I'll King of the Mountain match, which never made any sense. Oh yeah, and they're doing that again, aren't they? They did it for the women. That's where uh, All the Rosa and spot. Chelsea did that crazy ass spot. That's right. There's like a there's like a, a, a penalty cage. And there's a penalty. There's <laughs> all these crazy rules, and you're just like, yeah. and there was a lot of stuff hung on poles. Yeah, because of Russo. And we got Curryman. Remember Curryman? Daniels. Oh, Curryman. I love Curryman. I did too. Awesome. Shark boy. Shark boy. yeah. Oh, Stone cold shark boy. <laughs> Eric Young when he was like scared and then he became super Eric. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. And then, oh, the impact. What was the thing they did? The, the, the Bound for Glory series where the idea oh, was yeah. great, but some people had like 20 matches. Some people had like 13 matches. If, if people don't remember this, this is essentially the G1. They were essentially doing yes. their own G1. But they, but yeah, some people had like 20 matches and some people had like eight matches. And because they wanted people to win, so they could, would give them more matches. And because they wanted, like, they, they couldn't book it like Gato books it. He couldn't just, yeah, they just screwed it up beyond belief. It was hilarious. Ooh. Uh, that this this reminds me. Uh, what do you guys think of the uh, the new new G one that we're having this year with four blocks, seven people? I just think it's it just signifies how they have a lot of talent. That's all. Mm-hmm. I uh, and we're gonna have to we'll have to do our picks and we'll have to be. I'm gonna have to set up a whole new spreadsheet. We're gonna have, all right as long as you're doing the work. Yeah, I. It seems to be the way it goes. Uh, but it, I think it should be good. I always like the G one, so I think the, this would be fun. What do you think of it? Just being Archer for AEW, representing them. I think it's perfect. He's a guy who gets a somewhat of a push. He's a star in Japan, uh, but he's also somebody they can let go without it hurting them. Yeah, and I think that uh, he got a decent pop when they revealed him too. Like there was yeah, a. He did. There was a noticeable cheer when they showed Lance Archer. So 
he got the loudest reaction. Yeah, which is which is great. I I'm excited for him. All right. Time to put a put a bow on this sucker. Yep. So happy slammiversary, everybody. <laughs> uh and many more. And many I the last thing is with Joel, when we started one fall, I think Joel and I had more than three different pods were like, okay, impact is dying. Where should this talent go? I think we had <laughs> no seriously, impact is dying. Where should this talent go? Okay. I know we've done this before, but Impact is dying. Where should this talent go? I think we've done, we did two podcasts and one very long phone call where it's like, yeah, no, Impact's dead. There's no way they're going to survive. Yeah. Here we the are. Cockroach of professional too. wrestling. Oh, yeah. Everybody it thought outlived they were gonna die WCW. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. All right. This was fun. Glad you were able to take part, Josh. And I don't usually say that about you. Yeah, well, no calls yet. Well, I did get a call, but I'll tell you guys about that NBA news off air really quickly. So, all right. Until next time, everyone, enjoy Forbidden Door. Have a great week. And until next time, cheers and enjoy the matches. Goodbye. And good night, Ben.